Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and even in some cases offensive. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. Hey, there is very, very adult content ahead and you have been warned. Welcome, heathens! Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. As always, I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the weird, wonderful, unexplained, scary, and downright unbelievable. There will be tales of ghosts, murder, supernatural beings, and unexplained mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well, we're going to be continuing our foray into the summer destinations with the most haunt for your buck. And I'm going to apologize because today's episode is going to be a little bit short. Just to let you know, I've had several suggestions, and this today's episode will be a listener request. Um, but this one was easy enough for me to do the research and it's just been a really weird week and I'll apologize, but I'll make it up to you because there's a couple of suggestions that I got that might be better done in two episodes. So anyways, today's episode is a very lovely listener request from Suzanne in Louisiana and she asked for an episode on the infamous Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. And as I've said it before, I will always take your request seriously. So, Miss Suzanne, this one is dedicated to you. As always, we will be playing our drinking game. But remember, the drinking game is only for those who are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. So, for us losers. No, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. You know that. So, for today's game, we can do a repeat of last week with Southern Comfort, or if you prefer, there is a fantastic drink called a Plantation Fever Cocktail. So, choice is going to be yours on the libation, but for the game part, every time I say Myrtles, that will be a single shot, and every time I say Ghost, that will be a double shot. All right, now that we have our business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma and the legend of the Myrtle's Plantation. The infamous Myrtle's Plantation in Louisiana is widely considered one of the most haunted places in America. Located on 650 acres of land in St. Francisville, the homestead was built in 1796 by General David Bradford. Myrtle Plantation is visited by ghost hunters and paranormal enthusiasts alike, but just what lies within the walls of this exquisite mansion house? And can it really be the home to a dozen ghosts? Well, we're going to find out now, aren't we? The Deep South is well known for its rich history, and being at the center of the American Civil War and the slave trade makes for some grisly tales of old. The Myrtle's Plantation was built by General David Bradford, or better known as Whiskey Dave of the Whiskey Rebellion, and this stunning antebellum mansion has seen its own share of horror over the years. 
So Bradford was actually forced to flee from President George Washington's army in 1794 because of his leadership role within the Whiskey Rebellion. And when General Bradford arrived in Louisiana, he obtained a Spanish land grant of roughly 650 acres. A wealthy judge and businessman from Washington County, Pennsylvania, Bradford showed interest in the area before the conclusion of the unsuccessful Whiskey Rebellion had forced him to settle there. What the general, along with several other future owners, had no idea of was that before the land had been seized by the Spanish, it actually belonged to a local Indian tribe known as the Tunica. These Native American peoples used the land as sacred burial grounds, and I don't know about you, but it wouldn't surprise me if there were more than just a few restless Native American spirits hanging around the oak-lined grounds angry at the final insult of a mansion built on what was once their sacred land. Could this be part of why the Myrtle's Plantation seems to be such a hub for paranormal activity? Well, certainly it would explain why the ghosts of a young Indian girl has been reported seen in the lush grounds. Now, during the Civil War, the mansion was ransacked by Union soldiers, and it's said that three people were killed during that attack reports of a large blood stain in the doorway that refused to be removed by cleaning dates back to the attack on the house. Even more intriguing is the story of cleaning staff not being able to push their brooms and mops over the area. Perhaps bricks and mortar are indeed capable of absorbing energy from horrific events, and the victim is just making sure that they're never forgotten. So, some years down the road, One of David Bradford's law students and family friend, Clark Woodruff, married Bradford's 14-year-old daughter, Sarah Matilda. Now, don't get your panties in a wad because, you know, we're talking like the 1800s and that was kind of a thing then. Anyways, Woodruff was a mature 35, but arrangements like this were very, very common back in this time. Together, the couple had three daughters, Cornelia Gale, Jane, and Mary Octavia. In 1808, after Bradford's death, Clark and Sarah moved their home into the Myrtles' home. As was the custom back then, the well-to-do in the South, of course, owned slaves. Some worked in the fields and others were house servants. One of the house servants was a very young woman by the name of Chloe. Chloe had particularly close ties to the family as she did the cooking and took care of the Woodruff's daughters personally. And it is believed that she and Clark were having an affair. Now, whether Sarah knew about this or not, we don't have any information on that. Now, Chloe, who had such close-knit intermingling with the Woodruffs, had the opportunity to overhear certain goings-on around the homestead. Most times, she would eavesdrop to find out what was going on for her fellow slaves. Things like if there were new slaves being brought onto the property, or which slaves were going to be sold or traded to another owner. But lately, Chloe was eavesdropping to find out about what was going to happen to her. You see, as of late, she had started to suspect Mr. Clark was, well, becoming tired of her. She figured at some point he would be sending her back to the fields. And rather than take a chance on her saying something to Sarah about their torrid affair, 
he decided he was sending her to the fields. However, one day Chloe got caught eavesdropping, and her punishment was, well, at the very minimum, very cruel. For the offense of eavesdropping, they cut off one of her ears, because, you know, that's how they rolled back then. Of course, you know, that's just disgusting. Anyways, fearing that she would certainly be sent into the fields, Chloe hatched a plan to save her current status. She gathered some leaves from an oleander plant and boiled them in water. Now, if anybody knows what an oleander plant is, I actually happen to, and it is very, very poisonous. Why they had oleander plants around their plantation, I don't know. But anyways, she gathered the leaves and boiled them in water. This, of course, would create an arsenic-like liquid that she planned to pour in the batter for a birthday cake that she was making for one of the kids. Yeah, because, you know, they cut off the ear, you're going to kill one of the kids. It's just how they roll. Anyways, now it's widely believed that her intention wasn't murder, but instead just to make the girls and their mother very sick so that she could nurse them back to health. This would make the family grateful to her, and she would be able to remain on as the family's personal servant. But, unfortunately, Chloe's plan went horribly wrong. She had underestimated the strength of the poisonous mixture, and within a couple of hours of eating the cake, two of the girls and Sarah were dead. Chloe, of course, confessed to what she had done. Then, as revenge for the two little girls, an angry mob of both black and white men and women took her and hung her from a tree on the location grounds. Chloe's body was then weighted and thrown into the river, but it seems that her spirit has failed to rest. In fact, sightings of Chloe are among the most prevalent at the Myrtle's plantation, with guests and staff reportedly seeing a woman wearing a green turban lingering around the grounds, followed by the wails of crying children. More chillingly, guests have spoken of waking up to find Chloe standing at the foot of their bed, staring at them blankly. It seems of all the hauntings of Myrtle Plantation, Chloe's is surrounded in the sweeping intrigue of a young woman drawn into an ill-fated romance that could only end in tragedy. Now, it has been said that when a person dies, all mirrors in the room must be covered to prevent the spirit entering the cold, reflective surface of the glass. When the slave girl Chloe poisoned the birthday cake of the Woodruff girl, Death came on swift wings for the poor child, along with her sister and mother, Sarah. In the midst of the anguish surrounding their deaths, a mirror that hung in the room where they died was overlooked and failed to be covered. The Myrtle's mirror is now among one of the most haunted objects in the world, as reports of children's handprints on the glass and the reflection of a woman are often seen in the mirror. Over the course of its 221-year history, Myrtles has witnessed numerous deaths, some natural, others the result of violent confrontations. William Winter, a lawyer who lived there from 1865 to 1871, was said to have been shot on the porch. Rumors allege that he staggered into the house, started going up the stairs looking for his wife, and died on the 17th step. 
modern-day employees and guests have claimed to have heard his dying steps on the stairwell. Then there's the famous ghost girl photograph, which to this day continues to baffle experts and paranormal investigators alike. A seemingly simple photograph of a teacher with her students has turned into a spirit phenomena when the image of a young girl was spotted lurking in the background. The ghost girl is wearing antebellum era clothing and can clearly be seen staring directly into the camera. Could this be the ghost of one of two children allegedly poisoned at the plantation? Speculation is rife, but this photo sense chills down the spine in its clarity. The girl's features can clearly be seen, and her expression is, well, morose. Photographers have studied the photo and can see no signs of doctoring. And the photo of the Myrtle's Plantation ghost girl does remain as intriguing as it is chilling. But Chloe and William Winter are just two of the alleged nine ghosts said to inhabit the Myrtles. Though some say numerous murders have occurred there, historic records only confirm the shooting death of Winter. Following the death of his wife and two of his three children, Woodruff sold the property to Ruffin Sterling, who expanded the house and then renamed it after the nearby Crepe Myrtles. There are lots of supposedly haunted places in the South, but Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana, roughly 30 miles north of Baton Rouge, may just be home to the region's most alleged ghost per square foot. In fact, the mansion's former owner, Francis Kierman, took it a step further, calling the house the most haunted in America. Frances and her former husband, James, bought the plantation turned in in 1980 after visiting it while on vacation. They were in their 20s at the time and knew very little about the property's history. By the time they would leave, though, more than 10 years later, Frances would have a trove of otherworldly encounters to rehash, and her marriage would, well, be over. Frances chronicled the frightening ordeal in her 2005 book, The Myrtle's Plantation, The True Story of America's Most Haunted House. These days, though, The Myrtle's Plantation has been restored and now functions as a very successful bed and breakfast. Many guests of the home claim to have seen ghosts and heard sounds such as footsteps. Of course, the ghosts have been identified as the Woodruff daughters, Cornelia, Gale, and Jane, along with their mother, Sarah Matilda. And of course, there's house servant, Chloe, who's also been spotted on the grounds. The girls are usually seen playing about the house, usually upstairs, and on the grounds. Sarah Matilda's ghost is most often seen on the main staircase, walking down it as if to greet guests as they arrive. Chloe, however is often seen wandering around the grounds and has even been seen by the tree from which she was hung. With such a rich history, it's not hard to imagine some of that may have seeped into the bricks and mortar of this palatial home, and it certainly attracts those interested in delving further into the mysteries of the place. Myrtle's Plantation is now a thriving bed and breakfast and features on most of the bucket lists of many ghost hunters and thrill seekers alike across the world. And with that, my loves, we've come to the end of our episode, and I do thank you for joining me here today. I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think of ha has happened. And hey, if you've ever been to the Myrtle's Plantation, 
share your story and send us some pictures, especially if you got some ghosts in it. We want to see it. As always, you can reach the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you happen to have a suggestion for a future show, or you just want to tell me what you think, drop me a line because, as you see, I really do respond to every email. And on that note, that's all the time we have for today. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time, my heathens. Love you lots. See you next time. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.